0: This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. The former police chief for the city of Hartford is heading to trial in a drug case. The Michigan Attorney General's office says 57-year-old Tressa Beltran faces charges that include embezzlement, extortion, larceny, and possession of a controlled substance. It's alleged that while Hartford's police chief... She sold controlled substances, stole controlled substances, used her influence to extort others to provide her with controlled substances, illegally possessed several different types of controlled substances, and committed embezzlement. The case stems out of a Van Buren County Sheriff's Department investigation prompted by TIPS. Beltran was in the 7th district court in Pawpaw this week and was sent on to trial in the 36th circuit court. She faces a total of nine counts. Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel says, quote, no one in this state is above the law. We expect law enforcement officers to abide by the oath they've taken when they serve the public and fulfill their duties with integrity. The Berrien County Sheriff's Department is planning to implement a drug treatment program in the jail. Berrien County Board of Commissioners was told today a resolution will be coming soon from the county's Opioid Settlement Task Force authorizing funds for the program and County Undersheriff Chuck Hite told us what it is. It's called a MAP program, and that stands for Medication-Assisted Treatment. So what a MAP program does is it combines the use of prescription medication, therapy, and then recovery support to help inmates identified as having opioid disorder. Height says the MAP program also goes beyond the inmates' time in the jail, but includes therapy and follow-up support when the inmates no longer in jail. That's for not only the medication, but the treatment that's done, and then also working to ensure the continuity of treatment when they get released. Height says Monroe County has implemented such a program, and it's been a success there. The MAP program would cost about $180,000 to pilot. The Berrien County Opioid Settlement Task Force was formed to study how the county should use $4.4 million. It's receiving over 18 years as a result of a multi-state opioid settlement with several drug companies. However, it was recently told the county's share of the settlement could be even bigger than $4.4 million. $15.8 million in capital improvements are about to move forward around Berrien County. The Berrien County Board of Commissioners today approved a resolution to proceed with facilities improvements being managed by Bakioki Construction Services. Commissioner Jim Curran said the deal calls for $15.8 million in work and another $2.4 million for construction management. Should the costs change, the board will be consulted. We added a be it further resolved that any proposed project work exceeding the 18272690 seventy two six ninety approved herein will require additional approval of the Berean County Board of Commissioners prior to its initiation. The county board started talking last year about how to spend around $30 million in federal ARPA funds, setting aside $15.8 million for capital improvements. The projects fall into the categories of life and safety, code violations, and deferred maintenance. Bakioki is ready to put out some bid packages, and things could get moving quickly now that the county commission has acted. Southwest Michigan Community Ambulance Service has received a $330,000 grant to help pay for the training of new paramedics. Service Director Brian Scribner tells us the group partnered with Medic One to seek the funding from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Emergency Medical Services Workforce Grant Program. He says ambulance services statewide have been struggling to have adequate staff. The staffing crisis continues in the industry, and obviously part of that solution is to offer more training and to remove hurdles for people that can't afford that training. Scribner says common life issues often get in the way of someone getting EMS training. We are going to be able to pay for 11 people's tuition to go to paramedic school. The class has actually already started, and those 11 people will also be paid an hourly wage so that they can afford to deal do this while they work so they don't have to lose work hours and the like. They'll be paid $15 an hour during their training. Scribner says the new personnel are adults looking for a new career as well as students fresh out of school. Ambulance providers around the state sounded the alarm last year about a lack of staff and the state responded with new grant programs. Scribner says while there's been progress, there's still more that could be done to support ambulance personnel. Southwest Michigan Community Ambulance Service serves communities in southern Berrien County. Set to begin on August 13th and through August 19th is the 77th annual Berrien County Youth Fair. Manager Karen Klug tells us the theme this year is summer safari and everything will begin on Sunday, August 13th with a tractor pull and some animal exhibits. Monday the 14th will bring another tractor pull and then the fair gets in full swing at Tuesday with Kids Day. That's when they turn on the rides. We asked Klug what the most popular fair attraction is each year. Oh, I think the fair food is the most popular with most people. I would hope that they would say it's coming to see all the exhibits that the kids bring in, but we'll have our, our typical fair food, a big variety of fried everything. Klug says the fair is also about showcasing and County agriculture. We've got two full buildings of commercial exhibits as well as full outside area of commercial exhibits again. Our Ag Expo will be in Building 35 this year. Berrien County Farm Bureau is helping out with that Ag Expo exhibit. Wednesday, we'll bring Craig Morgan on the grandstand, while Thursday's headliner is Lee Greenwood. Friday, will feature a demo derby, and then uh, things wrap up Sunday, August 20th, with Bull Mania, a rodeo. Kluke says last year's fair saw 105,000 people walk through the gates. She's hoping there will be even more this year. The city manager of Bangor is moving on. Tommy Simpson tells us he's just decided he wants to do something else. Simpson's been the city manager in Bangor since 2020 and previously served as the police chief, clerk, and as a police officer. He doesn't yet know when he'll leave and says he'll give the city council time to find a replacement. Simpson says he'll be living at least part-time in Indiana and hasn't decided yet what he'll do. The City Council will hold interviews next month with the police chief, the treasurer, and a council member as it searches for Simpson's replacement. Simpson thanks the community for the opportunity to serve, telling us he loves Bangor. A shooting in Chickaming Township this week was the result of road rage. The Chickaming Township Police Department tells us the suspect, DeMarchio Hubbard of Detroit, shot a fellow driver and then sped off on I-94. He was later picked up by police near mile marker 34. The department says it all started on eastbound 94 in New Buffalo Township. A vehicle driven by Hubbard got off the highway at Union Pier Road, followed by another vehicle. Hubbard allegedly stopped his vehicle, got out, and shot at the other vehicle. The victim was hit in the shoulder and is recovering. Hubbard is now charged with assault with intent to commit murder. And coming up next weekend in downtown St. Joseph will be Chalk the Block. St. Joe Today's Daniel Crevier tells us Chalk the Block will feature more than 40 artists from all over the country drawing chalk art right on the streets of downtown St. Joe. She says some of the art's amazing to see. Some even do like 3D pieces. So we'll have a variety of of pieces this year. Some interactive, which are those bigger 3D pieces that you can take a really cool photo and have like a great memory of the weekend. Artists will begin chalking on Friday, August 4th, but the majority of the chalking will be next Saturday. There will be six awards given out, including the People's Choice Award. We ask the community to help us pick one of the winners. So from 12 to 8, they can purchase tickets, a dollar per ticket, which is a vote, and they can vote as many times as they'd like. There's People's Choice buckets at each individual artist, and you can vote for whoever and as many artists as you'd like. Previer says there will also be some art on the east side of Main Street near Pleasant Street Plaza. That's new this year. Also for the weekend, there will be a Friday night concert, The Bandshell, The Farmer's Market on Saturday, and a summer movie on Sunday. WSJM News now continues with your Bloomberg report. <music> WSJM News now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture and Dwozhak, where furniture shopping is fun. The stretch of heat hitting much of the country continues on with the worst of it in the Phoenix area. Maybe he sees Alex Stone as more. Oh my God, this is hell on earth, I guess. you know It's just that hot. Dorothy and Gary Vason have lived in the Phoenix area for nearly 20 years. And this is probably the worst July we ever had. For almost a month, the days have been over 110 degrees. Many of the nights have not gotten below 90, and Arizonans are saying enough with the heat. This is unreal. Uh, day, night. Never seen anything like it. Maricopa County, home to Phoenix, reporting this week 25 deaths in total from the heat this year. Nine of the 25 were homeless. Close to 250 more deaths are being investigated. Alex Stone, EBC News. July has been so hot so far that scientists calculate this month will be the globally hottest on record and likely the warmest human civilization has seen, even though there are several days left to sweat through. Today's announcement by the World Meteorological Organization and the European Union's Copernicus Climate Change Service says July's heat is beyond record smashing. They say Earth's temperature has been temporarily passing over a key global warming threshold. July is about six-tenths of a degree Fahrenheit warmer than the old record set in 2019. Scientists say this month may be the hottest in 120,000 years. Meanwhile, President Biden traveled to Phoenix today to address the extreme heat that scorched much of the nation. More from Mike ABC's Ike Ejiochi. Record temperatures, and I mean record, are now affecting more than 100 million Americans. Phoenix is now in its 27th consecutive day of temperatures over 110 degrees, blowing by the previous record of 18 straight days. President Biden warns that heat is the number one weather-related killer in the U.S. There used to be a lot of time when I first got here, a lot of people said, oh, it's not a problem. Well, I don't know anybody. I shouldn't say that. I don't know anybody who honestly believes climate change is not a serious problem. Mike ABC News, Washington. The unraveling of Hunter Biden's plea agreement has thrust his criminal case into uncertain waters and give a new fodder to Republican critics in Congress as they push ahead with investigations into the president's youngest son. Biden was supposed to plead guilty on Wednesday to misdemeanor charges for failing to pay taxes. But U.S. District Judge Mary Ellen Norieka put the brakes on the guilty plea after raising concerns during a hearing about the structure and terms of the agreement and another deal that would allow Hunter Biden to avoid prosecution on a gun charge if he meets certain conditions. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre said today that President Biden would not pardon his son. Russian President Vladimir Putin says fighting in the southeastern region of Ukraine has intensified significantly. A Western official had said earlier that Kyiv has launched a major push to dislodge Russia's troops in the area. Putin, who is in St. Petersburg for a summit of African leaders, praised the, in his words, heroism with which Russian soldiers repelled Ukrainian attacks and claimed Moscow's troops not only destroyed multiple pieces of military equipment but also inflicted heavy losses to Kyiv's forces. His claims could not be independently verified. A video of Putin's remarks was posted on Telegram by a state TV reporter. Lawyers for former President Donald Trump are meeting with Special Counsel Jack Smith's team on Friday morning. The meeting comes after prosecutors informed the former president he was the target of their investigation into alleged efforts to overturn the 2020 election. A strong indication an indictment could be coming. Here's ABC's Kimberly Whaley. Donald Trump's defense in, with respect to January 6th would be, listen, I had no intention of seeing what happened happen. I was just doing my thing as a candidate. And that's, I think, all along one of the things that is particularly thorny with respect to a January 6th indictment against Donald Trump versus the hundreds of people that have already been in the criminal justice system for actually participating in the raid on the Capitol. And a new law set to take effect in, in Texas on September 1st has bookstore owners more than a little nervous. ABC's Jim Ryan says a group of them has filed a suit to stop the statute before it starts. Doing business at Blue Willow Bookshop in Houston is pretty simple. You come in the bookstore, you request a book, I'm not going to question you, I'm going to order it for you. Says owner Valerie Kaler. But a new state law will require her to evaluate and to rate the books she sells to schools for adult content. That's about 20% of her business. The statute does not define what's appropriate, so she's joined with other stores, the American Booksellers Association and the Association of American Publishers in a lawsuit against the state of Texas. They say the new statute is too vague it may violate the First Amendment. Jim Ryan, ABC News, Dallas.